Rachel. I saw him stick, literally stick, in the mud. I was high above and to the right, off the main field. I was in bald eagle morph, the only one of us nearly big enough to drag an osprey out of the mud. I dove. Rachel, no! Jake yelled. I can get him! I had Marco in plain view, a crumpled little wad of dirty gray and white feathers in the middle of what was, by the standards of 1415, probably the most dangerous piece of real estate on earth. I fell like a stone. No, like a missile, because I was under control, directed, aimed with a dozen tiny movements of tail and wingtip. Break off! Jake yelled. The arrows! The arrows! The arrows! I opened my wings wide spread my tail feathers, pulled my talons up, and did it an impersonation of Wild E. Coyote trying to stop in mid-air after he's just run off a cliff. It didn't work much better than it does for Wild E. The arrow barrage flew. Two or three missed me by millimeters, but most were well below me. As soon as the arrows were by, I folded my wings, making the smallest possible target, and dropped again toward Marco. Marco, wake up! Jake yelled. I swept down, barely avoiding hitting the mud myself, and dug my talons into Marco's back. Hey! Ow! Complain later. We're out of here. Only, we weren't out of there. I flapped with all my strength and managed to drag Marco about three feet through the mud. But there was no way we were getting airborne. The arrows flew again, this time far overhead. And then... I heard a blood-curdling sound, the roar of battle lust from hundreds of throats. Or, maybe not so much battle lust as sheer terror. I shot a look to my left. The English were suddenly running, right at us. To the right, the French, running, galloping, and also doing some screaming. We were about to be stomped by several thousand, really unattractive shoes. What do we do? I asked Marco. How do I know? I thought you were rescuing me. Demorph? And tell them what? We're neutral? The first wave of English troops was ten seconds away, still yelling, brandishing spears and swords, their boots making sucking noises in the mud. The French may be twelve seconds away. Then, suddenly, from the woods near at hand, a horse burst at a run, heading straight for us. I knew that horse. At least, I hoped I did. Cassie, tell me that's you. Get ready, Cassie said. To do what? Birds don't ride bareback, Marco yelled. The English from the left, the French to the right, arrows still filling the air above us, and a single horse kicking up dirt clouds and splashing through mud puddles as it came. Too slow! 
Marco said tersely. And she doesn't exactly have hands. How does she pick us up? Oh, man, I said, racing for the attack. In a flash, the English soldiers were all around us, yelling about Harry and England, and just generally yelling. Thick, felt-shod, rag-wrapped feet stomped all around us. Then, hooves. Feet! Hooves! Someone tripped, face down, landed beside Marco and me. At least, I thought he'd tripped, till I saw the short arrow sticking out of his chest. It was the Green Knight. He lay on his shield and tried to breathe. I stared at him, unable to look away, unable to stop myself from thinking that at least he wouldn't live to tell the story of the witch who became an elephant. Grab my legs! Cassie cried. What? Grab my legs! Brown horse legs were tall in a forest of shorter limbs. I sunk talons deep into bone and skin. It had to hurt, but Cassie didn't complain. Marco did the same, and then we were off. Two big, mud-encrusted birds of prey latched onto our horse's front legs as the horse tried to shove through a melee. And the melee had just gotten radically worse. Cassie and we were shoved by the force of the packed bodies around us toward the French. Now the battle was joined. There was no way out. I dug my talons deep. A horse might survive this hell of yelling, slashing, screaming, shoving, grunting, stabbing madness. But a bird is a fragile animal. Ah! I heard Cassie cry. I assumed it was the pain of my and Marco's talons. But it was much more likely that the pain came from the spear that had just been shoved deep, deep into her haunch. Cassie stumbled. She fell, face down. I disengaged just in time to avoid being crushed. Then a foot came down on me. I heard the tiny bones in my back and wings snap. It hit me then. I was going to die. Not Jake. Me. Mine was the life Cryak would take in payment. I was going to die almost 600 years before I was even born. Chapter 12 Axe Cassie! Prince Jake cried. They're down! Tobias shouted. I'm going in! No! Prince Jake ordered. We don't need another body down there! The two groups of humans rushed together and began to attempt to murder each other by the use of edged pieces of steel in various shapes and forms. Some of the humans rode atop horses. Some appeared to be wearing artificial skin made of thin sheets of metal. It is one of the rare examples of artificial skin that makes any logical sense. But I did not have time to ponder the question of armor. Cassie, Rachel, and Marco were wounded and very possibly dead. Flying high above the battle, I caught only occasional glimpses of them. A struggling horse lying on its side. Two birds, all ignored by the murderous humans around them. At the same time, I was attempting to keep track of the movements of Visser Four. He had fired many arrows from the bow that was almost as long as his own body was tall. 
he had fired more slowly and with less skill than the other archers, but no one had seemed to notice. And now he was moving. Many of the English archers on both wings of the battle had laid down their bows and were drawing swords and daggers. Now I saw the disadvantage of the steel artificial skin. The archers, dressed only in cloth and carrying light weapons, were able to move more nimbly through the mud. They were able to jump in and stab several of the armored knights through their visors. But Visser Four was not part of this slaughter. He had backed away from the battle into the trees, and now he appeared to be climbing a tall tree. Prince Jake, I cried, Visser Four is in a tree. I believe he is preparing to use his bow. Forget Visser Four, Tobias said hotly. Rachel's down there. Rachel, morph! She would have to demorph first, I said. As a human, she would surely be killed. Shut up! Tobias cried in anguish. This can't happen! Elemist! Dryak! Get us out of here! Get us out of here! I was disturbed by the possibility that my friends would be killed. But there was nothing to be done for them, and our mission was to stop Visser Four. I peered closely at his face. It was a normal human face, perhaps with a bit more facial fat. He appeared to be of adult age, though young for that category. My estimate would be that he was twenty-five years old. Polar bears, Tobias pleaded. We morph to polar bears and rip into that mess down there. We can't just do nothing. Cassie's down there too, Jake snapped. And my best friend. We have to do something. Like what? Kill a bunch of innocent guys who should have lived? Those aren't controllers down there. Those are human beings. I tried to stay focused on Visser Four, as I swept in a slow circle above the field of battle. I trained my osprey eyes on his blue human eyes. They searched the crowd, then found what they sought. I tried to extrapolate, to follow the direction of his gaze. It was an inaccurate game at best, but I believed I saw what he was watching. In the middle of the English lines was a warrior wearing a dented gold ring atop his helmet. Many men in armor were close to him. There were several bright flags near him. The human with the golden circle on his head. I asked, "Is he important?" Golden circle, Prince Jake asked in a frazzled, distracted voice. "You mean a crown?" Possibly. It is gold and formed into what may be an abstract floral design. That's the king, the English king. He will be shot with an arrow very soon, I said. Visser Four is drawing his bow, and I believe he is aiming for this king. Get him! Prince Jake yelled. I am too far away, I said. Only Tobias. Chapter Thirteen, Tobias. Rachel, I yelled. 
Tobias, that guy's getting ready to shoot, Jake said. I can see him. Tobias, I cannot get there in time, Axe said with infuriating calm. Both of them alike. All Jake or Axe cared about was the stupid mission. I could see Rachel and Marco, half crushed by Cassie's horse body. No, wait, not crushed. They were shielding themselves beneath her. They'd be crushed, yes, but maybe not killed. If I could get to the woods, morph to polar bear, come back, break through. Insane! Jake was right. How many terrified soldiers on both sides would I have to kill? And how long would I last? Tobias, Axe said. It is now or possibly never. I looked down. I could see Visser 4 through a break in the trees. I saw him from above. He was drawing his bow, ready to... Too late! The arrow flew, straight toward King Henry. Straight into the back of a young French soldier who fell like someone had cut his legs off. A miss! Of course! Visser 4 was no expert archer, and it was a tough target. The king's face was uncovered. That had to be the target. A professional archer could have done it from this range, but not a novice. Still, Visser Four drew his bow again. He aimed very carefully. And now the king was surging toward the very place where Rachel and the others lay. Visser Four might not hit Henry. He might miss and hit Cassie or Markle or Rachel. I spilled air from my wings folded them back, twisted my tail to aim, and flew straight down. Down like a rock. I saw Visser Four's fingers begin to relax. I saw the fingers release. The arrow flew. I opened my talons and twisted sideways to bring both talons into line. Whap! Talon hit arrow. Right talon hit, but didn't grip. I blew straight down, my momentum carrying the arrow with it cancelling some of its speed. Left talon squeezed. I felt the shaft slide into my grip. Thunk. My talons closed around the feathered ailerons. It all took a tenth of a second. Then I was carrying the arrow. Go, Tobias! Jake cried. I turned and saw Visser 4. He was staring at me with a mix of amazement and disbelief. And then, slowly, Slowly, on his face, dawned recognition. I could literally see his lips form the word. The word, Andalite. Not exactly, I thought. But you've got the basic idea. Jake, I think he's made us. What? Visser 4, I think it's occurred to him that normal hawks don't go around snatching arrows out of midair. And now... I'm going after Rachel and the others. Mr. Ford is your problem now.